Okay, so did yesterday's shear we got up to what I in my gemara is the two dots, but Reb Chaim understands it's not actually the two dots. I'll see what I mean in a moment. So today's daf is daf chavchet, and we're beginning from when it says mitneshu makif lo pam shnia nasarishon malva. So here, if you recall the end of the previous shear, now there, there is a lots of different ways to understand how to structure the gemara here. But again, for simplicity, we'll go like Reb Chaim, and he understands this is the continuation of the brighter we said yesterday. Which means yesterday we saw that the um, it says Tani Rebchia Ad Tifkom Vitiskov, meaning we saw we, we saw that when does a hakafat chanut, meaning a credit line at a chanut, turn into a malva? And according to Rebchia, it says you needed both. That's how we ended yesterday. Tifkom Vitiskov. We need a team to partially pay it, and the Balachanut says this is a time you have to pay me back, or this is a subtotal of what you owe me. So the two together, then it becomes a malva. Then if Shemitah comes along, it absolves that debt that, a, that the person has at the Chanot. So then it adds, which is a bit like, and the Gemara says, So we saw previously that the Shita of Rabbi Huda, I'm not sure if I skipped in the Mishnah yesterday, I can't remember if I did, um, but Rabbi Huda says, if, if you go come to the Chanot and you have a, already have existing credit there, and then you buy something else on credit, the previous credit turns into a loan, Automatically, yeah, you did say that. Right, good. Automatically t- becomes a loan. It uh, uh, can becomes a loan automatically, and that the previous credit would then be Schmidt would absolve it. So therefore, what Rabbi Chaim says, it says that end of the brayta we just read, Amar Alaza, that's Rabbi Yehuda, that's Rabbi Yehuda Now, the reason why I said that there's a bit of a, a, a juggling of the flow of the sugya here is because the continuation of the sugya is pretty much agreed upon in terms of the gist of it. Because it seems to echo a sugi we're going to see towards the end of the Gemara. But some of the wording is similar. So the way I've read it now is, I read those Rabbi Yehudi here, ends off the sugi we just learned. We're about to begin a new sugya. However, according to, the, for example, Mara Fulda, we sort of began the sugi already at the so-called two dots that we started yesterday. But again, I don't want to confuse you too much. Just to understand there's a bit of a tension in terms of what's going on here. So now the Gemara asks, Vara'ui letova baroshashana. So if you recall, the second case in the Mishnah, or I'm not sure if it's the second case, but the later case in the Mishnah is if someone, or it's really the second Mishnah that's mentioned in the first, in this halacha, is hashochetat apara b'chilka b'roshoshana. That's a case where people divided up a para on Rosh Hashanah. And we said if it was a two-day Rosh Hashanah, meaning if, if that ended up being really the last day of Elul, then that which he owed the butcher or the person who's mechalek the meat is effectively a debt. And therefore, it is absolved because really Rosh Hashanah is the next day. However, if it ends up being the Edim come on that day when you divided it, so that means Rosh Hashanah was really um, on the, like meaning Elul was a 29-day month, then that was the first day of the new year and the person could collect that which is owed back to them. So what the Gemara asks is as follows. One second. Why is the loan Meshamet? Meaning, why is the fact that he owes him a certain amount of money for the chelik he took in the meat, why is he Schmidt to absolve it, even if you say that was really the last day of Elul? Because how is it even a loan? He, how, because you cannot claim it back on Rosh Hashanah. You're not allowed to deal with financial matters on your terms. So how could you say it even is formulated at that, even if that was the last day of Elul? Okay, so I'll read Rabbi Chaim, it says, And it's parit, am I meshamet? Why is meshamet? You can only claim it after Rosh Hashanah. And the day you can start claiming it, claiming it, which is, it says, 
that's clearly going to be Shminit. That's going to be in the next year. Now, in other words, the only, the only debts that are absolved are those ones that you could potentially, if you try to claim it back, you would violate the, uh, the issue of pressing the lender to pay your money back. However, since you cannot violate that prohibition because you cannot claim it back on Yontav, right? So therefore, Shemitah wouldn't absolve it. The two go in, hand in hand. The Asa and the Law starts to go together. That's the understanding. Okay, um, let's, uh, let's continue. So Gamara explains, um, what's it, would that be one of the other reasons we call Roshana Yom Arichta? Um, Yom Arichta, that's separate. That's got to do with Xera in terms of whether it's a, like one day Yontav or two day Yontav together. And that was got to do with the um, the the Ta'ut, the Levim Bay Bashir on that day. No, I, I know, but, but it, it's, it would, would fit in nicely. Yeah, but I mean, that, but that's... <coughs> That's like um, saying that someone's opinion is is irrelevant because it's battle bashishim. You're borrowing a term that's not and using right, it not right. relevant to the context we're in now. Okay. Okay. So let's yeah. continue, um, as opposed to in the in the in the in way. Let's continue. Um, so Rav Rav Babashem Rav Zira says, and it's kemishur therefore it's kemishur la tenlo maot. The kan ho'il v'ra'uil tenlo maot v'lonatan. We say the rishon is malve. Now what? We have to piece together what's going on here. So the first idea is is this again borrows a lot. We're going to see in the sugya a bit later on, and it's going to become more understood later on. But the first point is is that since it's ra'uil amino, meaning the first the fact that the the, the butcher freely gave out to these people he completely trusted them he didn't take their names down he didn't i didn't say uh, will you pay me back in other words he completely trusted them the fact that he completely trusted them when he gave out this meat therefore it's as if it's already meaning um that it's he already views that debt if it's if it's going to be paid back even without a fear all right, and since it's going to be paid back without a fear, without a claim, therefore it's as if he can. It's as if it's claimable now, and and therefore it's not. It's not. It doesn't run into the problem of loigos anymore. I read Rav Chaim. He says, "Kevan de mechalek lo mina para umami no shiachzir lo have kemishra uilatovo." Since he's that such a trust, it's as if it's raulatovo already on Shana itself. And it's if it's Raui already feeling to give him his money back there. Therefore, already we say this is a special situation where we say that it's it's Karina Beloigos, and therefore it's Meshamet. And then we have these extra few words at the end, Now, what's that relating to? Again, that relates to the later Sugya. Ari Rukhaimi says, I mean, he gave him some meat, and then he gave him some other things after that. Why is that important to say that? That's why that which he gave him first is meshamet, is absolved. That's because it's like Rabbi Yehuda. Because again, let's go back. Let's start piecing it together. Rabbi Yehuda is of the shita that if you have a credit line with a shop, and then you, this, after you do the second purchase, any prior purchases becomes automatically a loan, correct? So therefore, that's what it's saying. When he gives him something else, those previous things he gave him, in the case of the butcher, 
automatically become like a loan. Because why? Who cares if you can claim it back? It should be It shouldn't Because what? We say a credit line on its own is not Meshamet. So the Vahachi Mugmina Lakama, as the Gemara is going to discuss it later. Now explain it outside to make it clear. In other words, a problem with this whole case of the, 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 the person distributing meat on Rosh Hashanah is how, why should it be absolved? How is this any different to a credit line at a shop? A credit line at a shop is also is not absolved. So why should the credit, if you like, the butchers giving by handing out the meat be absolved on this Rosh Hashanah, on, on, in the case of Rosh Hashanah, that was the, where Elul was Mu'ubar? In other words, why in the case, why is that considered a loan when Hakafat Chanut is not considered a loan? They're both effectively giving someone on, uh, on, on faith that they're going to pay back. So therefore, what the, the, way, the only way to resolve this is by saying the case of, on, on, on the first day of Rosh Hashanah was where what? Where he had given him other things. And it's therefore a bit like the case of who? Of Rabbi Yehuda in Hakavat Chanut, where there's been consequent like, uh, uh, like other purchases after the first purchases, which were the original credit. And that's why the original credit became effectively defined as a loan. Okay, so again, the only way to explain the safer is to make it align with the case of Hakafat Hanut exactly. In other words, the Gemara doesn't, doesn't differentiate between the cases. It holds effectively exactly the same type of cases. But how do we say at the end, when, when it came to the butcher, the, the meat that he gave him, it turned into a loan? Why isn't it just not credit? Because it's in the, it's Shita In the same way previous credit can turn into a loan after subsequent purchases, so too with the case of the meat. He gave him a steak, he gave him a th- certain things, and later on he gave him something else. So all the previous things, the steak, the meat, that he gave him previously also turned into a loan. The credit line turned into a loan, right? And that's why it's Meshamet. Like, if it's not clear, we'll see it in the Gemara. Let's continue. The Gemara now continues. So, Now, I made reference to this debate previously um, as Mefarshi Mishnah, but it's actually, as we see here, it's actually a debate in the Gemara. So, what's this referring to? If you recall, we said when it comes to Skarasphere, any uh, wages that are owed, Schmidt is not Meshamet. Except what we saw, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yossi said, any malacha that's poseket that ceases, we said in Shmita, then Shmita is Meshamet. If it's not poseket in Shmita, sounds like if it continues, then in a Meshamet. So what does it mean poseket? So Rabbi Yochanan Omer, begin Harisha. He's saying, when, what type of malacha that, uh, that in terms of weight that, that uh, a worker is engaging in, do we say that the schir turns into the, the wages turn into a loan, and therefore Schmitter would absolve that money's owed to him if it's not paid back by the end of Schmitter year? That is those malachot that are asked to do during Schmitter. <coughs> because, in other words, however, if it's, for example, Binyan building, I read the Rosh Cerulean now says about Binyan that he could be doing during the Shemitah, even if he seems to cease during Shemitah, it doesn't look like you have turned the money's owed into a conversion into a loan. Why? Because he, if he wanted to, he could continue working, doing further construction, add an extra, you know, closing the Merpesa, whatever it is. Okay, that's the, that's the difference. In other words, according to Rabbi Yochanan, when do we say that the money's own, owed only to effectively turn into a skifa, turn into a loan? That is when it's a malacha that cannot be performed during Shemitah. That's what effectively ends it. 
However, Rabbi Shimon Malakish says, no. Meaning also, even in the cases of Binyan as well, meaning any Malacha that simply ends during Shemitah, meaning the contract ends during Shemitah, then since um, Skira, the, the, the wages of Mishtalem at Basof, then already the, that which money is owed to him becomes hers into a loan. It doesn't matter what nature of the malacha is. So therefore, al data the Rabbi Yochanan, when it says, so he understands when Rabbi Yossi says, because um, the last Rabbi Yossi is, so therefore Rabbi Yochanan understands is that he reads a komalacha shehi poseket, meaning the, the malacha itself, the nature of the malacha is poseket, meaning it's harisha, for example, plowing. And al data Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, no, it's komalacha shehi poseket me'aleha, which means any malacha that ends on its own, meaning the contract simply ends. It doesn't matter what the nature of the malacha is, we're talking about the contract itself, meaning the project. When that ends, then that's when that's the case. Okay. Now, we say, ma Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda. Now, what Rabbi Yossi would Rabbi Yehuda, to, to explain... Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi talks about the fact that Malacha that's poseket during Shemitah, we said that is, turns into a loan. What's Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda is a case of Hakavat Chanut. The question is, do they hold the same? Why? The Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Komalacha, now you got Rabbi Yehuda, but it's actually Rabbi Yossi says this, in the Mishnah, Komalacha Shi Poseket, Veshvit, Meshameshet, Veshenu Poseket, Eil Meshamet. However, what's the case of Rabbi Yehuda? I'll read you now, um, the Reb Chaim, he says, would he hold like Rabbi Yehuda? Again, after a, a subsequent, I should say, purchase, the previous credit line turns into a loan. But time am I, why is that the case? Because, because as soon as he does a second purchase at this Chanot, that which he had a credit line on previously is now Mishdalemet. It's now effectively should be paid. Because now you're purchasing more things. Hilkach na sit alav malve. I'm just getting a little bit of feedback. I'm just going to uh, mute one if that's okay for the moment. Um, just because I get keep getting this funny feedback. Okay, let's continue. Um, so talk about Rishon Mishlem Mishikafi Parshnia. Hilkach na sit alav malve. V'delo katanakama delom eno meshamet ad shikif alav malve. Okay. Now v'rebiosi nami svirale. Rabbi Yossi also holds, seems to hold the similar thing, meaning, that sounds like a bit like the same thing, meaning as soon as I finish the work, that the money owed turns into a malvest. So the question is, is Rabbi Yossi aligning with shit at Rabbi Yehuda? Because again, Rabbi Yehuda says, as soon as I do a subsequent purchase, that money is owed, immediately turns into a malvest. The previous money is on that, on that credit line in the shop. So, so to, and Rabbi Yossi seems to say, as soon as I finish the work during Shmita here, Immediately turns into a malve. So, are they saying the same thing? Um, so, we say law. Now, I've got a few um, a few things to fill in here. It says the law, Rabbi Yehuda, Kurebiosi, meaning Rabbi Yehuda um, is not like Rabbi Yossi. Meaning, I've got a little dot dot dots here. Why do Rabbi Yossi amar ein derech hashochniot niten isar adji told dinar? Now, what's that referring to? Um, here we're talking about a, um, uh, so in other words, initially, so initially we said to say Rabbi Yossi is like, uh, Rabbi Yossi is like Rabbi Huda, because again, they both say once it's Mishdalemet, once it hits the end, it's Mishdalemet, turns into a loan. However, now we're saying a different, Rabbi Yehuda is not like Rabbi Yossi. What's this referring to? So I'll read you Rabbi Chaim. Rabbi Yehuda amar ein derech hashulchaniot noten isar ad shi tol dinar. Perush, 
So let me just explain this outside, otherwise I'll get caught and you'll, I'll lose you with the words. There's a, there's a debate regarding in Masechta Shfuat, whether if someone says to a shulchani, I'd like, a, I'd like to make exchange for particular money to, for other money. And then he says, okay, and the shulchani gives the money over. And then he says, okay, to the customer, give me the money you owe me. So, and the, the balabait says, I've already given it to you. There's a machloket in the mission exactly what the, what, what the, what the din is. Does the Balabite need to make a shvua to say I've paid him the kimpoter? However, Yehuda says differently. Rabbi Yehuda Sferle, I'm just in the middle of Rabbi Chaim, I jumped quite a bit. That what? Rabbi Yehuda says that Shulchani would never give over the money until he's received the money from the customer first, meaning the money he's exchanging for. So what? How does this relate? Hilkach Bavadina, therefore, is definitely given up. So Hachanami, the Rebbe Yehuda, I should probably say here, Eina Sechir Gomer Malachto Ajno Tel Scharo. So to here, the Sechir won't, it sounds like he's aligning the same thing with the Shulchani. The worker, his work isn't considered complete until he's received the money. A bit like the Shulchani wouldn't have given over that coin until he's received the money from the customer. So therefore, the assumption is then, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that it's considered mishtalemet, it's considered payable even prior to the malacha being nifseket. Therefore, therefore, even if it, therefore, it sounds like the assumption is, according to Rabbi Yehuda, even if the malacha would end bosseket after shmitah, still the schar, the schir that's owed to him is already mishamet. Okay, so in other words, what it sounds like, what we're saying is Rabbi Yossi would hold like Rabbi Yehuda in the case of the Hakafat Chanut. Okay, because again, both of them agree that what that uh, um, once something's payable, it turns into a loan. Okay, so just like once I finish my work, it's payable, it turns into a loan. So too, once I've done a subsequent purchase, the credit line, the Chanut, that which is previous, it turns into that was previous credit, turns into a loan. However, we're trying to now suggest that maybe Yehuda doesn't agree with Rabbi Yossi in the case of, because again, Rabbi Yossi says, when is the schir meshamet, money's owed to a worker meshamet, that's only if it's completely, if it's completed during Shemitah. However, since Rabbi Yehuda holds in the case of a shulchani, that what? In the case of a shulchani, in other words, he would, he would only receive payment, uh, sorry, he would only give over the product if he's received payment. So maybe as well, when it comes to a worker, it's already considered payable prior to the division of completion of work. So therefore, even if the work is completed at the end, meaning after Shemitah, in the eighth year, it would still be Meshamet. Okay? So the Gemara says, V'dachi. Oh, well, here, what's, Rechai says, Dachi. So that we say, Af al-gav. So if you, know, if you saw the, like the dot, dot, like I, put, I said dot, 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 because we, that was all filled in in, the, in between Rabbi Huda and the word Af. Because the word Af now is already an answer. Says Af al Gav the Rabbi Yehuda Amar Ein Derech Hashulchani Lo Noten Isar Ad Shitol Dinar Modehu Besar Schir Sheino Ela Basos. He says you're making it's not fair. You're you're comparing the case of a Shulchani, a person who's uh, giving a, like doing a business and trading, and exchanging money to a worker, because again in the case of a Shulchani, granted he's not going to handle the hand over the product unless he receives the money. The seder that's Reb Shida Reb Yehuda. But with a sahir, with a worker, no, he would agree with the Rabbi Yossi, so therefore only if it's poseket in the middle of Shemitah, that's when we say the, that which is owed, the money owed turns into a loan. 
Okay, and if and they would agree with the Rabbi Yossi that if the Malacha didn't finish in Shemitah, finished like the year after Shemitah, then that money's owed over the course of the project would not be considered a loan and Shemitah would not mishamet. Okay, I hope that was clear. Um, it's a bit of a tricky duff today, even though it's shorter. Let's continue. Now let's continue. This is the next case. So Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Omer, Nisan lo nitaber The Nisan meaning Chodesh, Ad, the month of Adar, was never Chodesh Mu'ubar. That's what it means, Nisan lo nit aber be'amav. Meaning Rosh Chodesh Nisan was not pushed off by a day. That, that's the Lashon here. It's referring to Chodesh Adar. So the Gemara asks, Vahatanina, one second. Im ba Chodesh Bizmano. We said, Im Chodesh Bizmano. What's this talking about? This is talking about the, 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 the question of the Ktoret. Because we know Rosh Chodesh Nisan is... Considered, um, it's called Rosh Hashanah for Trumat Alishka, meaning for the money is used for Korbanot. So the Gemara, the Mishnah there in Misef Shkalim, talks about what would they do with Motar Haktoret, meaning how would how would what, what would they do in terms of how would they purchase that to use to burn the Torah on that day? Now it depends if if it was Rosh, what money would you use to purchase it back, right? For purposes of using Torah. Would you use last year's funds or next year's funds? So the answer is it depends whether whether Adar is a Chodesh Mubar or not. So that seems to be Soter what that that order that that um, that Adar was never Chodesh Mubar. So it says no Imbavaloba. Meaning the Gemara is saying theoretically what would happen if it's Mubar. Again, when it came to Sech Tashkalim, this would make more sense. But it says, uh, but the, the point is, is that that the, the, the Mishnah there is talking about theoretically Imba. However, Loba that what don't bring that kasher on. On Rebbe, because really it was never Mubar. Similarly, Rav Amar Tishrei lo nitaber, that the Elul is always 29 days. So Tishrei lo nitaber, but one second, we brought the whole, we brought the whole case on our Mishnah of the, of the distribution of meat on Rosh Hashanah. It says, if it's a Chodesh Mubar, Elul was Mubar, then the debt's absolved. If it wasn't, then the, then the, then the, then the butcher can claim his meat back. So he says, once again, Imaya, but Lohaya, meaning... Again, this is all talking about theoretical because really never Elul was never um, it, it was never 30 days. So in other words, a butcher can do it with confidence it'll always get his money back according to this understanding. Okay. It says, So this relates, I'm not sure if you remember, this is a, this is a debate in Rosh Hashanah in terms of where one puts Malchiot, because in the Musaf Rosh Hashanah, you got Malchon and Zechon and Shacharot, and there's a bait between Rabbi Yochanan and Nuri Rabbi Kiva, does Malchiot go with Kedushat Hashem, meaning Melech uh, HaKadosh, or does it go along with Kedushat Hayom, meaning like uh, the Yom Azikar, like the, sorry, yeah. Um, so that's a debate. So the first day, it sounds like, he did like Rabbi Yochanan and Nuri, that it's the Malchiot is, goes with Kedushat Hashem. Am Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, lo ayinu no hingen biyavna. This is not how he did in Yavna. Beyom Shni on the second day, Avarab Hanania Benosha Rebiosia Glili, Amar Kedivir Rebbe Kiva, Yidila Rebbe Kiva, which is what? The Dimachiot Mikudushatayom. So Arab Shimon Gamliel says, No, can I, you know, give me heaven? This is exactly what we used to do in Yavna. But one second, Vahatani, Kinshua, Brishon, Brishon, and Vashani. But one second, you just said that what Elul is always 29 days. So how could you have a first and second day of Rosh Hashanah? You only have a first and second day if it happened to be Mu'ubar originally. Right? Because again, the original first and second day was they would have on the 30th day of Elul. If the Adim come, game over. But if not, they didn't come, then the next day. So first and second means it was Chodesh Mubar. Meaning Elul, Elul was a Chodesh Mubar. 
So we answer now. Skip the line with the Rebbe Zira for the moment. We'll come back to it in a moment. It's in other words, one of these sugis who move things around. So Ma Ben Rishon Ben Mishnia. What does it mean first and second? It doesn't mean first and second day. Rabbah B'Shem Rav says Shana Rishon of Shana Shnia. It means the first and second year. Okay, so first year they did like one, and second year they did like the other. Once again, Tani Yom Harishon of Yom Hasheni. It says explicitly your first day and second day, not. It doesn't say first year, second year. So the, now we go back to Rebbe Zira. It says, Rebbe Zira B'Shem Rav, that year they made a mistake. Now, what does it mean they made a mistake? Not that they made a mistake, they made a Chodesh Mubar, but they thought that it was already the 30th day of Elul when they started keeping Rosh Hashanah. But they actually made a mistake, and it was actually the 29th day of Elul they started the first day of Rosh Hashanah. And that you can't make. Everyone agrees, we'll see in the next week, you can't make the 29th day of the previous month Rosh Chodesh. So that's why it happened to be two days, but not because it was Mu'ubar. Let's continue. What happens if someone, this is, this is exactly follows on from what we're saying. If someone makes uh, the 29th day Rosh Chodesh or the 30, or the uh, 30, what is that? 32nd day Rosh Chodesh, meaning he tries to make the previous month 29th, uh, 28 days or 31 days, Right, then what happens? Yecholia Mubar, would it work? So Tamad Lomar Otam, which means uh, if you look, the Pasuk says, Daberel Bene Shava Matalemo de Hashem Ashik to Otam Otam, to Otam Mikre Kodesh. So Otam meaning Otam Hemoade, only the 30th and the 31st days could be Rosh Chodesh, and not that any others. Elehem Moade, any others. So Elehem Moade, Lifnez Mono in, sorry. Okay, so would be a and Yom would be Okay, let's continue. But so I should probably read That's why you read it. Let's continue. Now, where do we know that you do in the Ibu Shana based on the Galiot? Why, why is it, sorry, why is it after the Ibu or the 32nd day? The Ibu is the 30th day. No, no, meaning, meaning what day would Rosh Chodesh be? Meaning 29 and 30 days is the no. previous month. So theoretically, Rosh Chodesh could be the, 30, the 31st day. 30 or 31st day, correct. Right, right. That's, that's kosher. But you can't make it the 32nd day. That's the point. I mean, you can't make the uh, We have now that 30, 30 and 1 is already Rosh Chodesh, but it wasn't like correct. that. Yeah, right. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Any month, correct. Let's continue. How do we know that you can do Ibu Shana because of the Gola? Meaning, if they're trying to come to Yerushalayim and for Pesach, and it happens to be rainy and they're bogged down and slowed down, how do we know that's a rat? That's a basis to add an extra Adar. Um, so this is the same Pasuk. We're basing what it says. It was Israel. The fact that Torah talks about Bnei Israel means there's an interest to make it work for everybody. So That's provided they already got in close proximity to Yerushalayim Harprat. So Rabbi Yaakov Bar Acha, it says as follows: Rabbi Yimi B'Shem Rabbi Yoda Ben Pazi. What happens if they're Makadosh Lachodesh and they find that any of these Zomimim, false witnesses? Nonetheless, we say Arizim Makadosh, it works. So come, Rabbi Yossi, I'm Im Rabbi Yoda Ben Pazi. Amarle at Shamat Aminavuchad Amilti. Did you hear this from your father? I mean, is this really true? So Amar. 
There's a principle not meaning you don't have to do drishan, drishan hakira like we do with normal witnesses, where we start we start grilling them, try and catch them out. You don't need medactic with the um, why? Because even if they, it says, sorry, we still say the kiddush chodesh, the kodesh, the the the. We still say the the mantis mukodash. Okay. Didn't we? Don't we show them the pictures of the moon? Yes, but we don't. So we don't start asking them. Um, what was you know you know the same, the same way as we do with people. No, no, I know, but what, 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 what were the nature questions. of the 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 dates that on the tree that you were standing to with the adim? You don't start doing this. We don't try and catch them out in that way. Yes, you you, you work out if what there's, there's substance in what they're saying. We don't try and necessarily catch them out, like Zayim Drishon Chikira. Okay, email Chodesh Mubar Mashmit. So Amar Rebbe Lazar the Rebbe. So he says that's got to be Shita Rebbe Hudehi. As we said before, the only way we can understand this is the the point we're saying before. The only one can understand that the um, that the, the, the in the case we're distributing meat on Rosh Hashanah, that it's that it's that that if, if it was a chodesh mubar, he doesn't have to pay the butcher back. Is if it's shita Rabbi Yehudahi? Because again, how is this different to a credit line at a chanuk? It seems to be the same thing. It must be that he took other things from him, and therefore the previous meats are turned into a loan. Okay, so we say Can you really claim the money back on Rosh Hashanah? Again, we, this is what we say, Mishum Davar. This is like we were explaining before. So Rav Bar Mamal Amram said that Amram Rav Matna B'Shem Rav Rav Hamavet Hamav Chaver Amanot Shalolotovo Shvi Mesham Tato. If someone makes a, he says, um, if I'm going to make a, um, if I lend someone money on the condition that I'm not going to claim it back from him. Meaning, not that I'm not going to come back for him, but I don't, I don't have a right to press you. And we still say Shvit Misham Tato, which is interesting before, because we said the whole issue of Loigos is connected to the Shmita Ksafim. So here we're saying that if you're foregoing the fact that, you know, as you pay me back when you like, I'm not going to have the, the right to claim it back for him at any moment. So you might theoretically think that he doesn't have, he doesn't have the capacity to violate Loigos anymore. Nonetheless, we say Shvit Misham Tato. Okay, um, so then the Gemara says, But one second, in this situation, um, so in other words, we're saying now, but one second, you're trying to tell me that if you don't have the capacity to claim it back, that what? That, that Shvid is still Meshamet. So this seems to support this, the, the, this position, because we said in the case of the, the case of the, Butcher, he can't claim it back because it's what? Because it is Rosh Hashanah. And still, what Shvit's going to meshamet it? He, 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 is, that, is that clear? Well, I'll say it again. Again, Rav says that if you don't have the capacity to claim it back, meaning if you're going the right to claim it back, still Shvit is meshamet alone. So here in the case of the butcher, is he allowed to claim it back the loan on Rosh Hashanah? No, he's not allowed to claim the loan on Rosh Hashanah because Rosh Hashanah, but Dava Dava is not a claim anything. And still, what we see in the, we see in the Mishnah, that if it's really, uh, it was a Chodesh Mubar, that if you like the credit line, the loan is misham, it is uh, absolved. So we say, so, so, and since, and is he really able to claim back Roshana? So you see, that's exactly that Mishnah seems to support Rav. So we know, so we say, 
It says, Now we're going to change quite a lot of words as we go along here. Which again fits in exactly, this is a, a fuller version of what we saw previously, because what we saw in the beginning of the year was a bit of a trimmed version of it. So he says, no, you can't use this as a proof of Rav, because this isn't a normal case of, say, foregoing my right to claiming it back. Because since this is a situation where he completely trusts this individual, as we said before, then we equate that, like we said before, as if he's got the capacity to claim it straight back, even though it's Rosh Hashanah. And because he's got the capacity to claim back, it's if it could be paid. And because it's if it could be paid, therefore, this is a situation where Shvid is Meshamed. So don't bring this as a proof for Rav. Now, we've got a different case. Of, and again, the, the, and then the last part is, is the connecting us back to Shita, the, the proving this is Shita Rabbi Shimon, that it's only because he gave him subsequent pieces of meat that the priest's pieces of meat turned into a loan. Okay, let's continue. Rabbi Yossi Bar Barbun, Rabbi Bun, Bishem Ram says, Now we have to read here, take out the word aim. So it sounds like here, Rav says, if someone makes a lends money to his friend on condition that Shmita will not absolve it, since he's made it that's the way that Reb Chaim reads it. He says Shvit's going to mashem at the loan. Okay, one second. But didn't we learn this else? We learned this back in the Makot. It says if someone uh, aid him come along and say the person owes, the plony owes somebody else um, money within thirty days, and in really the truth was they were found aidim zolmim and he owed him money back in ten years. How do you assess how much the Edims only have to pay? What's a reciprocal punishment? It's not the full amount of the loan because he's going to have to pay him back in 10 years anyway, doesn't he? So therefore, what do you do? So you speak to someone in, uh, so in finance and they'll explain to you that there's called time value of money. Having money now is worth much more than it is having it in 10 years time because you can invest, you can do other things with it. So therefore, you work out how much someone would want to pay to have that money now rather than in 10 years' time. And that's how much the Edom have to pay, which would not be the full value necessarily. So it says, so the Gemara says, but one, why are you even doing this estimation? What 10 years is a no Shemitah? Meaning if in truth the loan was 10 years, then in truth what? The, the debt should have been completely absolved and these Edom are trying to make him pay the full amount. Why are you mixing around with some sort of time value of money calculation? They should pay the full amount. So therefore what? It seems to be a kasha on Rav. Why? Because, it, because what, what could I say? Um, so, so what would the answer be? It seems to be the answer would be that he made it on condition that what? Almanat shalosh deshvit wouldn't meshamet it. And that's why the Adim have to, we do this calculation. But the problem is, Rav says that even such a stipulation wouldn't work. And if such a stipulation wouldn't work, the Adim should pay the full amount. So Amar Rav Huna, Itpalgun Rav Nachman Bar Yaakov Rav Sheshet. says, no, as we will learn Mitz Hashem in, uh, it's in tomorrow's Mishnah, uh, we've learned a little bit already when you start the parak, but it also will continue in tomorrow's Mishnah, uh, uh, tomorrow's Daf, sorry. Says, there are two ways that one could have could could um, could have a loan that would go through Shmita year and it not be absolved. One is by way of having a mashkon, as we said already previously in yesterday's year, that if there's a collateral, then you're not considered loigos. You're not considered as if you're pressing because you've already got something of the of the person's possession, and therefore the debt's not absolved. The other understanding is the takanat hillel, which you learn tomorrow's stuff of a prosbul, where someone writes it. We we, we do the special uh, 
declaration in front of uh, Beit Din uh, through the, the, which is termed a plausible, um, which we'll learn about in tomorrow's, which Hillel's metakin such that loans wouldn't be absolved. How that works and what it exactly involves, we'll see in Mitzah Shem tomorrow. Okay, let's do this year. Have a good day.